listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 6th of May 2022. Later, the ATO warning for those who are creating fake businesses to claim fraudulent returns. But first, to the Australian share market, which had its worst one-day fall since Russia invaded Ukraine, the 200 plummeting 2.2%. And it's because of fears some global economies may enter a period of stagflation. What is it and why should we care? I spoke earlier with St George economist Matthew Bunny. Markets have a lot to digest at the moment. Uh, obviously, the Bank of England raised rates overnight. What really made investors nervous was uh, a big upgrade to their inflation forecast and a slice to the growth outlook. So for some time now, obviously, markets have been worried about inflation. Those worries are not going away. And I think the Bank of England news overnight was the latest, the, the latest uh, piece of that puzzle, which is kind of adding to concerns. Uh, and as a result, uh, we saw we saw a big hit uh, to equities. Uh, more generally, the the result uh, from the Bank of England's uh, inflations did from the Bank of England's forecast pointed to uh, growing concerns about the possibility of stagflation. So there's that word again, stagflation. Can we do the basics? What exactly is stagflation? So stagflation refers to a combination of high unemployment, uh, low economic growth and high inflation. So it's born out of a combination of the words stagflation and inflation. Essentially, this is not a good place to be for an economy. So uh, households are going to be having to pay more for the usual goods and services they require. uh, But at the same time, incomes are going to be stagnant. A lot of people are going to be out of work. It's also really challenging for policymakers because they're looking at a circumstance where they even need to hike rates to control inflation or lower rates uh, to support growth. But they can't combat both low growth and high inflation at the same time. Has there been any similar times in the past when we can compare what we're experiencing with today? So, I mean, the the last big episode of stagflation was in the 1970s. There was a shock to the oil price, and then we saw a huge uh, increase in inflation uh, and unemployment. Ultimately, uh, the US Fed ended up having to hike interest rates uh, up to close to 20%, uh, and uh, that is part of what triggered uh, a recession in the US in the early 1980s. But I think it's important to underscore that circumstances now look very different to that. Certainly, uh the inflation numbers we're seeing aren't as strong as what was occurring then. Unemployment is much lower and growth is still solid. Granted, we're seeing some uh, some analysts begin to cut back their growth forecast, but we're still seeing solid growth expect- expectations for this year generally. Uh, and the other thing to note that's different this time around is that uh, the world is just much less reliant on oil uh, than it was in the 1970s. And that means that a shock to the oil price will have less of a broader inflationary impact. Given that word stagflation is being thrown about in the UK, um, is Australia at risk of, 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 it, of it happening here? Or is it a case of if the world sneezes, Australia catches a cold? So is there the potential for the, the global economy to slow down as a result of this and then Australia's impacted? What happens 
overseas uh, has important implications for Australia. We're a small open economy, so uh, essentially we rely on other countries to buy our exports to support our growth. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, there's a kind of a range of idiosyncratic factors to consider. We know that inflation in Australia is not as high as it is in some other countries. And we also know, uh, looking at issues like the Ukraine war, uh, they've had a much more significant uh, implication on the outlook for Europe than they have for Australia, because Europe has much closer ties to, uh, much closer economic ties to Russia and Ukraine than Australia does. So there's really, there's really a broad range of uh, considerations. Uh, and just because one country is experiencing some uh, very high inflation and low growth doesn't necessarily mean that that would be repeated in Australia. And just finally, we got the uh, RBA statement on monetary policy t- out today. Uh, there were some revisions to inflation, though. Just how concerning are they? And, and what do you think are the key takeaways to come out? We were expecting uh, an upgrade to the inflation forecast, but certainly it was a a big upgrade. So in particular, the underlying inflation forecast, which is essentially a measure of, you know, the underlying price pressures in the economy that the RBA looks at quite closely, uh, was revised up uh, close to 5% uh, uh, for this year. So that is... uh, that is a huge, uh, a huge number that certainly would be making the RBA nervous. Uh, I think it really points to the fact that inflation is just running a lot hotter uh, than the RBA expected a few months ago. And part of that is around the story to do with Ukraine and the increase in oil prices. Now there's issues in China with renewed lockdowns and implications that will have for inflation as well. But I think the clear picture is that it means the RBA is going to need to be hiking rates for some time yet. The governor pointed to uh, an interest rate between 1.5 and 1.75% at the end of this year as plausible, as a plausible level for the cash rate. Uh, And I think that's that's important to take note of. So certainly uh, such a strong inflation forecasts do point to the need for more hikes uh, coming down the pipeline. St. George economist Matthew Bunny there and the Australian share market, the S&P ASX 200 down 2.2%, 7,205. For more on the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Tony Sycamore from City Index. One word, the share market has been crunched. We're seeing it down trading over 2%. All sectors are trading in the red. There is absolutely nowhere to hide. Even the energy sector, which has been the best performing sector over the past two to three quarters, Despite the fact that oil is higher, natural gas is higher, the energy sector is trading lower. So it really does show that all the pockets of the market where we have found some, I guess, salvation previously, it's just not there today. It's one of those days where the market is throwing the baby and the bathwater all out together. How do you navigate this current investment environment? There's two, I mean, for your short-term traders, capital preservation is the number one priority because the violent U-turns which we're seeing just make trading so difficult. There really isn't any trends evolving. It is a whipsawing market. For investors with a longer-term strategy, say three to five years, it's certainly not time to panic. It may get worse before it gets better, but we have seen a continual stream of volatility episodes since 2018, and each and every time the share market springs back. So at this point of time, if you're a medium or longer-term investor, you stick to your strategy. And where do you see the opportunities, if any, right now? 
What we do know is once this COVID China lockdown ends, the Chinese authorities will absolutely unleash a wave of stimulus on their economy. What that says to me is there is going to be opportunities in resource and energy stocks on the ASX 200, many which have fallen 10 to 15% since their highs just two to three weeks ago. We do need to keep in mind that there is still shortages in energy markets, there's dislocation in commodity markets. And I think if we continue to see the share market punish those stocks like they have today, that will provide an opportunity in the medium term. Tony Sycamore there from City Index. Now to a serious warning from the Australian Taxation Office about a major fraud investigation involving people inventing fake businesses to claim false refunds. It says $850 million in fraudulent payments may have been made to up to 40,000 people with the average amount of a about $20,000. So for more, I spoke earlier with the ATO Deputy Commissioner, Will Day. Will, what kind of fraud are you actually seeing and just how significant is it? Yeah, we're, we're cracking down on a tsunami of fraudulent GST refund claims. So basically what we are seeing is people establishing fictitious businesses, making false business activity claims in order to try to get a fraudulent GST refund. How is this fraud being conducted? So we're concerned with the, the degree to which it's proliferating and it's growing very rapidly in recent times, including through the use of social media. So what we are seeing is people sharing their stories on how they have committed this fraud. We're also seeing an even more insidious element where people are encouraging or inducing others to commit this fraud and to share their personal information, their financial details, and even their MyGov details over social media. Are there any particular sections of the community that are participating in this type of fraud? We are seeing surprising and disappointing numbers of everyday Australians who are participating. There is an element of focusing on those who are perhaps less financially sophisticated. Our advice to those people is don't take financial advice from people you don't know over social media. Don't share your personal information and financial details with those you don't know. And if you're in doubt, contact the ATO to find out if something is legitimate. Speaking of legitimate, what is the actual legitimate use of this refund? So we are talking about people here who are just not in business. There is no question of there being an enterprise and there is no question of their having made expenditure which they can make claims on. This is out and out fraud. So what is your message to those who have participated? To those who have participated, our very strong message is come to us and talk to us. We can help you resolve this and you can avoid even harder consequences. For those who are thinking of participating, we would say stop. We will be able to see you and we will take firm action. How much easier has the whole digital nature of this fraud made it for you to track these people down? Look, it's, uh, it's disappointing that social media has been used to proliferate this fraud, but we've had really good early engagement with social media platforms. We're also working heavily with law enforcement. We do know who is spruiking this on social media 
and we will be taking action. All day there from the ATO. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Why do people want to be at work? To feel heard, appreciated, part of something, and to know there's a career path for everyone. Inclusive workplaces are linked to increased innovation, productivity, and employee satisfaction. Make your organisation a place where people want to be. For inclusion and diversity training, visit inclusion-program.com.au.